0: You are listening to episode number 34 of Meet the Thriller Author. I am your host, Alan Peterson. And in this episode of the podcast, we'll be meeting John W. Mefford, who is an Amazon Top 50 author, number two best-selling author over on Barnes & Noble, and a Reader's Favorite gold medal winner. John writes... uh, action-packed, uh, suspenseful thrillers with uh, great characters, a lot of intrigue and twists, so it was fun to talk to him about his prolific schedule and a lot more, so I think you're really going to enjoy this episode uh, one warning, I had a cold during this interview, so my apologies, I think I cut out most of the sniffling um, but a couple of them might have snuck through so <laughs> I apologize for that And just a reminder uh, to check out our sponsor for this uh, podcast, it's Audible, and uh, you can go download a free audiobook and learn more about their uh, free offer over at audibletrial.com forward slash mtta. I appreciate your support. And uh, here is the episode number 34. John, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. How are you doing,
0: Alan? I'm doing all right. Got a little cold, but uh, it's it's all right. I'll survive. <laughs> yeah, Hope you feel better. But yeah, those are not fun to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about your background, please, and uh, and about your books? Well, that's a loaded question. I've, I'm 51
1: years old, so I've, I have a lot of both. Uh, background goes into a lot of different areas. I actually was a journalist right out of college, and I think that probably got my um, my, my writing curiosity peaked. To a degree and then I did a various other careers got into the IT field for uh, over two decades but the you know the gnawing question was always at nibbling at the back of my mind and that was could I write a mystery thriller I've always loved mystery thrillers whether it be I mean as a little kid I loved the mystery thriller cartoons growing up I read all the Hardy Boys books that elevated into other types of books of course so Grisham and Patterson and so forth I loved all the movies uh, related TV programs, you name it. And I think in the back of my mind, I always wondered, could I do that? Could I create a story that was compelling enough to last 300 pages? I gave it a whack about, uh, it's been now seven years ago, when I sat down to write my first novel. And of course, uh, if anybody's tried to give this, uh, this a go, you know, when you write your first one, uh, you think you've, you've climbed Mount Everest and you know hit the pinnacle of... Of success, but that's just the first draft of about a hundred for the first book, uh, and that was quite an interesting experience in and of itself. But that then led to many other things, and it's it's a long path. But now I've basically gotten to a point where I've just published my sixteenth thriller uh, about a week or so ago, and uh, already have plans for my next series for next
0: year. Wow, that's fantastic! So sixteen books in like seven, in the past seven years,
1: and actually most of that's focused in the last. Uh, three or four years. So I basically wrote the first book, didn't really know what I was doing uh, from a marketing perspective, or kind of the broader picture of where I wanted to take it. While I did start writing the second book, I didn't really have a great vision of of what the industry was all about. And as you're probably aware, the industry was changing a great deal then still is now. And, um, you know, work out in the way family, you know, responsibilities and all that. But I started getting a better idea of what I wanted to be when I grew up so to speak uh, a few years ago and I started being more serious about the business side of it applying a lot of the things I learned in, in the real business world to my you know my author world my author business and that's when I started thinking big picture about you know uh, plots and story arcs and how I could grow as an author and how things could really uh, materialize so I'd say most of that 16 thrillers have been really the work of Working about eighty-hour weeks here the last three years. Or so. Oh wow!
0: <laughs> yeah, just, just just to get the writing done. Amazing. Yeah. Is that was that the Alex Trout series? you the one that uh, uh, that you're working on right now, or was that your first series? Well, so
1: yeah. So my first series was actually called the Greed series. It was so my first book was called something different. That's when I went back to the drawing board and said, I'm going to rewrite that a little bit. I'm going to make it the first book of the Greed series. It was Fatal Greed. Whenever you write your first book, it's like the first of anything. It's something that will never leave you, so it always has a special place in the heart. Uh, That was a four-book series, and then I moved from that into the Booker series, which is a a series about a PI here in Dallas and um, a uh, multiracial PI. And it's kind of funny, uh, interesting, anyway, to look at all the events that have happened here in the U.S. anyway in the last couple years and how appropriate this particular character is and this, this series is, I think, in kind of the landscape of what's going on in America. And uh, he's really one of those characters that is flawed, but, you know, you end up really pulling forward and you love. So uh, the Booker series, I have a lot of fans of the Booker series. That's a six-book series. They all came out in 2015. And then I really had the desire to do something uh, somewhat different. And I thought to myself, you know, I need a new challenge. I want to think of something a little bit bigger. And the idea of me coming up and thinking with, thinking of a character that is a female lead came to my mind. And um, I ran it by uh, a couple of my folks, what I call my um, my beta readers. And they're the, like the four or five folks that read each of my novels before anybody else sees them. Um, after my editor and I finished all the editing process. And one of my, it was actually after I, I wrote the very first Alex Trout thriller at bay and uh he actually read it and he was like this is an incredible story if i didn't know you had written it john i would absolutely love it but it's hard for me to get past the uh john writing with as a female lead you know with a female lead he goes i'm used to john writing about guys doing kick-ass things you know and kick-ass plots and i it actually kind of threw me at first because i'm like wow he's one of my you know you know cherished readers, he loves everything I do, and I was like, is this how it's going to be received out in the public? And so I was very worried and concerned for a few weeks, and then after a while I just said, you know, I've kind of like everything else I've done in this world, I've kind of just gone for it. Um, I do my homework, I work my tail off, and then you just there's a time to just kind of let it sail, and that's what I did. And it's uh, really been a great experience for me. Uh, it isn't that I don't have milk, characters, of course, in these books. It just so happens that I I hit a thread here, I think, with this particular character in Alex Trout. Um, she's an FBI agent, but she, more than anything, she's a mom. She's a wife. She has a background. She has a personal life. She has a lot of things going on. And really, when that first book picks up, there's a lot of things that have already happened to her, and she has to try to figure them out because she's lost most of her memory. And so there's a lot of things going on within that first book at bay around what's going on, how does, she, how does the professional life connect to the personal life, how did she get to this point where she lost her memory, how does all this come together in the middle of this this case that she's been put on, although she's not officially on it because she's supposed to be on leave of absence because of her her uh, memory issues, and then how it all connects to this kind of, you know, reverberating way in her life. Um, so yeah, that was the first book in, in the Alex Trout series.
0: And then I, I read when I was uh, reading about your background that you're you're ending this the the Alex Trout series, or are you or, or is it just for for a little bit while you work on this next series?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. So because it's so possible. <laughs> like, why would you end it? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know you have to. As you know you probably have to, you have to write books to a degree in advance of when they're yeah. released, and you have to have a bit of a plan out there. So. When I was, you know, even just a couple of books into the Alex Trout Thriller series, I could see, yes, it was connecting with readers. There's no doubt about that. Um, But I actually had a grander plan. And the plan is this, is that I basically created what I'm calling the Redemption Thriller Collection. And so if you think about that at a high level, that's the umbrella uh, collection that's going to include the Alex Trout Thriller series and then some other Thriller series uh, underneath that overall collection. And here's the real kicker, is that while each series can be read standalone, they're all ultimately going to connect. So I'm going to have, the plan is right now, so I have Alex Trout, the Alex Trout Thriller series uh, that's come out this year, all six books. Next year is going to be the Ivy Nash Thriller series. Now, if you can see the trend here, Alex Trout is the at series, at bay, at large, at once, so forth and so on. And the Ivy Nash series is course, with her acronym of her name, IN. The first book is In Defiance, and that, uh, and that uh, releases in early January. And the other books in the series are uh, In Pursuit, would be book two, uh, if I can go off memory here, In Doubt, book three. Break In is book four, book five is In Control, the book six is In the End. So I've already mapped out the high-level plots for each book. I've actually finished writing the first draft of the first three books. I'm starting the fourth book of that series next week, and then I have plans for another series, and it's going to be the On series. So there'll be a character I'll reveal that will uh, fulfill the O in the end, and it will not be well. They will not have the last name of Mash <laughs> like uh, Ivy does, and then I'm, right now the plan is to have a fourth series, which would be the another six books in the Alex Trout series. So it's actually it would be books seven through twelve. And that's where I plan on, as of now, connecting all the plots for all of the books and all the main the main characters all together in one. You know, steamrolling. You know, high voltage. You know, real exciting. Last six books.
0: Wow, that is exciting. Yeah, like a big long-term uh, business plan or writing plan. That's that's amazing. Do you? Uh, so you must like have like you said you've already plotted a lot of them. Uh, so you uh, do like a detailed outline or what, what's your writing process?
1: The writing process for the individual books is a little bit different, of course, for the overall. So what I just, you know, dis- described to you was basically the plan for the overall, for the overall Redemption Thriller collection. And so I had to have an idea as to high-level characters, where I wanted the plot to go, if and how the plots could connect, or at least that kind of a, a connecting thread between series one, series two, series three, and then the final six books. Um, now, how I approach. Writing individual books is a little bit different. Um, now, you know, when I create a series, I create at least the high level plots for each of the books in the series, just so I have a clue about where we're going with this character, where we're going with the supporting characters, what are the general plots, when does it make sense to do a plot like this, and then to kind of go over to a plot that's a little bit different on, you know, this side of the house, and then ultimately end it in a fashion where I'm comfortable with where the character is, comfortable with what the character and the other characters have experienced i gotten everything out of them that I want to get out of them that, you know, allows the readers to get the, you know, the best possible, um, thriller experience. And then of course, how does it set up for the next series? Um, so now when you look at each individual book, uh, because I basically already have that high level plan, then I can dig down a little bit deeper here before I start each of the books and start mapping out things a little bit more detail. Now I've, I've kind of toyed with a lot of different things earlier on this is kind of strange. Some people get more detailed in their plotting as they go forward in their career. I've been a little bit of the opposite. Now, probably because I have this very rigid production schedule and I'm working 80 hours a week and I don't have a lot of downtime. Um, When I'm not writing, I'm providing an edit response back to my editor or I'm doing research or I'm doing a little marketing or interviews like this or what have you. But I basically have enough confidence in myself now that as I start and have a good idea about the general plot lines that I want to to uh, outline and to delve further into at in each book and where I want the characters to go and if I have an idea of the first chapter and where I want to end it generally where I want to end it that pretty much just take off and you know the first go around if I can get you know the first attempt at the first chapter if I can get 500 1000 words or so down on paper I get that two, three, four pages into the book. I start feeling it. And then from there, it's, it just kind of a snowball effect. And, uh, you know, the rest is, I wouldn't call it magic. I would just call it incredibly hard. Yeah. It
0: sounds like <laughs> eight hours a week. That's amazing. That's very good discipline and focus. Um, do you have like a word count goal that you set for yourself every day?
1: Well, yes and no. So I, I used to be, once again, I think when I probably wasn't quite as confident, as I could achieve? well i wasn't sure exactly how i could map it all together so earlier on i was more rigid about okay you must get to this many words i think now i'm I'm more confident i guess at least in the schedule so the way my editor and i work together the way we work with our proofreader the way i work with all these folks my cover design my cover artist and everybody else we, we now got a pretty good method in place here so I allow things to overlap a little bit, so I generally have probably about a 2,000 word count per day. I'd say it's about the average; could be a little bit more, you know, 2,250, 2,500, depending on the day. And and at times, of course, I'll I'll exceed that, uh, especially when I'm getting close to the end. Uh, the middle part of a book is the toughest part because you know you've done a lot of work, your brain's a little tired. You got to keep going ahead. You got to continue creating compelling storylines and and really uh, providing different twists and turns, yet somehow allowing it all to connect in the end. So that's the toughest part. But that last bit, that last week, um, you know, I'm probably writing 3,500, 4,000 words a day. And I usually end up ending a little bit sooner than what I thought just because it's just kind of a whirlwind. It's like I'm just on skis, just (laughs) flying downhill. The mad dash towards the end. (laughs)
0: Yes, and do you uh, what do you what do you use to write? You uh, use like Word or like a Scrivener software or something like that.
1: You know, I've I've heard about a lot of things. I've read about a lot of different things, like Scrivener and Vellum and so forth. But I'll be honest: when I first started writing my first novel, and I, there's a lot of things I could have looked up about how to do this and how I could do this, but I knew all that would do is depress me. So I sat down. I, I looked up one thing to me, at the time that I thought was important, it's not important anymore. And that was, how many words does it take to make up a book page? Because I was just a reader at the time. Now, I'd written a lot of articles in the newspaper before because I was a journalist. So i have been done a lot of writing, but I'd never written a book. I just, in my mind, I thought, give me, a, I needed an idea of how many words it, take, it took to, uh, you know, read one page. And that was 300. So I said, okay, just now so I have an idea. And I opened up a Word document. And I put TBD title, and then I started writing, and uh, of course I've learned a lot since then. Gone to conferences since then, learned a lot online. Uh, have a lot of good author friends, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Just me and MS Word, and making it easy as possible.
0: Yeah, whatever works for the for the individual. And but yeah, that's uh, it's really cool that you get this whole world going that way. Um, and like you say, you just started with a blank page, just like everybody else. That's pretty. Pretty cool. You mentioned the, your journalism background. I've always been curious about this because a couple of my favorite authors, like Michael Connelly and John Sanford, all were journalists. Do you did you find that that training has helped, helped you uh, as a writer? Immensely. Uh, I would imagine. Yes.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I think if I hadn't have had that uh, journalistic background, um, I probably wouldn't have had the guts to even give it a shot. And even though it's very different types of writing, of course, um, you know, when you're writing for a newspaper, um, the stories are much shorter. You have the lead at the top, typically, It's uh, just get right to the point. It's very succinct. I mean, some of that can carry over to the book world about being succinct, but there's only many dis- only so many descriptors you can put into a newspaper article. Um, you got to tell the story and get over and get out. And I think one of the things that taught me was working hard, was uh, writing on deadline. Being able to really, you know, even though I'm an indie author, it's being able to collaborate with the right set of folks. Uh, in the newspaper world, you're trying to get information from various folks to help you make the best possible story. You collaborate with fellow writers, with uh, uh, photographers, that type of thing. I do the same thing with my cover artist. I have a great relationship with him, even though he's down here in uh, New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand. So, you know, it's just a lot of life lessons I think anybody would pick up from and having that journalism background is you know back I remember those days so well because you kind of wonder am I going to be doing this forever Um, you know (laughs) you kind of question where am I going with my life I I did like it in some respects in fact I loved it but you kind of wonder where does it go from here you know and I didn't know that I'd weave through the uh, IT field for over two decades and before I really figured out I was meant to be a writer again,
0: little we'll circle. <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: Yeah, you, co- you mentioned your your cover artist. Your covers are just amazing. I'm just uh, looking at them. I was like, wow. I was like, uh, yeah, very 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 nice work um, on that. And I like how you kept the brand, the branding uh, of yourself. Is that something that you plotted out as well? How you're gonna brand yeah. covers? Yeah, uh, very
1: conscious of that. Jaren Jaron uh, is my cover artist. I mean, he's really kind of the leader of that area. And so uh, he listens to my feedback and he makes adjustments. But, you know, he comes up with these ideas of, hey, let's continue the type of, um, you know, same type of imagery, same types of fonts, that types of thing. So we can keep that branding from series to series, especially now that we're in the Redemption Thriller Collection. So I have the Alex Trout series and Defiance and the Ivy Nash uh, series. You can see some similarities there. You know, the fonts are the same. Of course, we have the same type of uh, titling going on and uh, so he was very conscious about trying to make that as, as you know, just smooth as possible.
0: And was it uh, was it jarring for you to go from uh, writing Alex Trout to Ivy Nash or is it pretty much you just got to switch and go?
1: Once I came up with the idea of who Ivy Nash was and how she and the series would ultimately connect to alex uh it was actually really really cool um so I, I won't tell you how they're connected yet because that's that's something you know that will come out over time in the next uh, couple years as i write the future series but the the their inspiration for ivy nash the character um was a very personal one here in texas so here in the last, I think as a writer or a journalist or anything in this, anybody in this field, your, your antenna, your eyes and your ears are always open and listening to everything that goes on around you. Everything is fodder for a book, uh, whether it be real or imagined or whatever. And here in Texas in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of stories written about the Child Protective Services Agency. And it's been very um, difficult to, to read all these stories about kids having, Being basically falling through the holes of the system and the CPS agents not getting to uh, address the kids with the biggest issues, not just for weeks, but months. And so I really started thinking okay, I I write mystery thrillers. uh, This issue is just tugging at my mind. How can I create a a book or a series that kind of focuses on, delves into these issues? And so uh, I can say this about Ivy. Ivy herself was a system baby she grew up in 17 foster homes she has quite a background look quite a bit different background than than Alex Ivy lives in San Antonio she was um, was a foster child there for you know like I said through 17 foster homes all growing up Uh, none of them you know didn't have great experiences throughout the whole way but now we open up the first book and she is now a CPS agent herself and so as a CPS agent You know, she gets to experience it from the other side, where she's, after everything that she's been through, she's desperately trying to make the best situation for the kids. And that's ultimately what it's about in her mind, trying to make the world a better place for the kids, trying to get through all the BS and all the bureaucracy to make the world better for an individual kid that she deals with uh, through her particular role there as a special investigator for the CPS. So... There's a lot that goes on with her life, of course, because there's so much that's happened in her background. Um, so this is a little bit of a grittier series, I'd mm. say, although Alex definitely has some gritty parts. Believe me, you read that first book, I think heart- everybody would be hard-pressed not to, you know, almost have a heart attack a couple times. But mm-hmm. uh, Ivy's different, you know. She's a little bit more of a loner. Uh, Alex has a built-in family. Ivy, is a foster child. She doesn't have the family. Not immediate. At least not a blood family. So, yeah. Uh, there's definitely some differences there and once I figured out who she was and what she was all about, she's been, uh, it's been a completely different experience. She's been great to write about and, uh, I've had a a lot of fun delving further into her life and she has other supporting characters around her that are really interesting as well.
0: And uh, do you put in a lot of uh, research for each book or do you do like the, the bigger series type of research before you delve in? Um,
1: A little bit of both. So um, before I started the Alex Trout series, when I had the vision of Alex Trout in mind, I was fortunate enough to speak with um, the folks in D.C. uh, with the FBI, and they allowed me to set up they uh, set up a uh, in-person interview for me to uh, interview with a um, an FBI agent, female FBI agent here in Dallas so i went down to the fbi uh, office and interviewed her and their uh their media relations person and they gave me a tour of their huge building some artifacts some things going back you know on time They were very very helpful and they understood i'm writing fiction it's going to be fake it's not the real world but it's just nice to be able to have the foundation of understanding how the fbi operates um what's realistic what's not of course their, their job is typically a lot more boring than how it's portrayed <laughs> And in, in books and movies, but uh, they're, they're, you know, reader fans as well. In fact, the director of the FBI had asked to read a couple of my books, so I sent a couple of hard copies up to him a few months ago.
0: Oh, that's a, a Comey? Oh, yes. That's awesome. That's, that's kind of exciting. It is kind of cool. And Where do you usually write? Do you have like a dedicated office space or do you go to the coffee shop or anything like that? I would say all of the
1: above. I do most of my writing here in the office, which is where I'm doing the interview right now. There's a couple windows out here that I look out of. There's a tree out there and some bushes, and just seeing the outside world helps a little bit. Um, I do occasionally go to uh, bookstores, things of that nature, just to kind of get out in the public. Um, I don't want to be distracted too much. As long as I can view it, all as kind of white noise. I'm good. You know, I don't mind hearing noise as long as nobody's like really blaring in my ear. Ah uh, some people uh, actually like like to listen to music or things like that. I don't like doing that, but you know i I, I like having Frank frankly, I write all the time so like we'll be on vacation and I'm writing or I'll be on the airplane and I'm writing. so wherever I have my computer I can write
0: yeah, that's the nice thing about it yeah, wherever you, where as long as you have your computer you can you can get some writing then. Exactly. What keeps you going then with your writing? I mean, got. I mean, I could tell that you're, you you love it. So, like, I mean, is that a big motivator for you to keep going? And you got all these fans now waiting for your next books, or what? What, what gives you the the mojo to keep going?
1: Um, I think when you've done something that you've not really liked to do for so many years, and then you finally get another chance in life to say, "What do you really want to do?" And you get to define it. And then you slowly learn it, you pick it up and you feel like you're getting better and better and you're getting that affirmation from readers and fans and you see the readership growing and a lot of more people buying it, a lot more people, you know, interacting with me through email and reviews and Facebook and you name it. Yeah, it's, it's all kind of all connected and it's uh, um, not really something I would have predicted when I was younger, certainly, but... Life is one of those things you just, kind of happens even if you think you have a plan, it typically goes differently. And I was just glad I wasn't stubborn enough to ignore something that uh, I felt compelled to do and felt like I thought I could probably do it pretty well. And uh, it's turned out pretty well. I, you know, I haven't figured out, I haven't written the perfect novel yet, that's for sure. It's always a learning, growing process and I guess that's part of the challenge is can I always write this book that I'm getting ready to start better than my last
0: and I see that Indefiance is already on uh, on pre-order so for listeners
1: yes it's 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 actually on pre-order it's interesting about how pre-orders work so I got Indefiance set up as a pre-order on Amazon on other retailers I'm able to get out pre-orders more in advance than that so I have let's see, on uh, the iBooks platform of Apple, you can put out pre-orders a year in advance, so I actually have all six books out there for pre-order on iBooks Barnes & Noble I have the first three books In Defiance, In Pursuit and In Doubt out there
0: Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize there was a that, that Amazon was uh, different from the other ones. I didn't realize yep. I didn't realize I books could go yep. a year. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: they're they really focused on that. Amazon just gives you three months for right now, anyway.
0: How often are you going to be publishing then for the the next books? Is it what's your schedule?
1: So it's a similar schedule I had to here in 2016. Uh, the first book comes out January sixth, <clears throat> excuse me, and then after that. Uh, Books two through six will be out every two months. So it'll be book two in March, book three in May, book four in July, book five in September, book six in November. And there's actually a possibility of a couple other things. So I'm actually working on a box set with some other thriller authors we might be putting out next year. And then um, there's another co-authoring project that is a possibility with a a, uh, author friend of mine who's a New York Times bestselling author and uh, I'm very excited about the possibility. We haven't nailed down exact plans, but I'm hopeful to also squeeze that in next year. Ah,
0: wow, yeah, you you, put, you you put my uh, put most of the authors to shame, including myself. <laughs> <Like a laughs> fantastic schedule. And do you still, with all that, you're so busy? Do you still find time to read thrillers?
1: I do. Yes, I I have to read a little bit every night. It just is a way of calming me. It's kind of like my own way of okay, I'm slowing down. I'm not going to think non-stop about my books and my story arcs and my plots and characters and all these other things that are going through my mind, which is pretty much with me every waking moment of the day. So I'm in the moment, it's my moment, just a few minutes to wind down for 15, 20 minutes. And it's just nice to read somebody else's work and and just to experience something else for a change. But yeah, I read pretty much every night.
0: And I noticed that just to let the listeners know that if on your website, you have a couple of free books
1: I do. I, I really value and cherish the relationship I have with readers and by them signing up to my email list, that's my way of being able to interact with them on a more personal level. And so to get them to sign up, I offer up the first book in the Greed series and the first book in the Booker series for free right now. It's a kind of a limited time thing. It may not be there forever, but for right now, it's there. If they go out to the website, uh, they can click on it and they'll sign up be on my on my email list. They'll get those first two books. And then they'll be able to find out about all the cool things going on in, in my uh, author career. Every time a new book comes out, every time I have a good deal or occasional giveaway, things like that. The great uh, part of it.
0: Very right, cool. I'll have a definitely have a link to that on the website for the listeners. The site is JohnWMefford.com, so they can.
1: Yes, I always say I'm the other W from Texas. That's the way of putting oh, the... it because I throw in that W in the middle of
0: there. <laughs> oh yeah, so, so everyone knows it's the W. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the reason the people, why did you go with the middle initial? Actually, I went with it because when I tried to get the domain name for uh, JohnBufford.com years ago, somebody else had oh. it, and they weren't using it. And I tried to buy it from them, they wouldn't even reply to my email. Oh. So I'm like, what can I do? I, I probably should have gone with something more original like JohnBuffordBooks.com, but I just thought, you know, um, I'm going to throw out that middle initial out there. And I think probably had Grisham on my mind because I'd read a lot of Grisham when I was... Just in my 20s and a lot of his all of his lawyers had like middle initials or middle or initial for a first name you know like h ross perot or something like that so yeah
0: it sounds like it's a texas thing then too h ross perot yeah. w yeah <laughs> okay john well before i let you go here um is there anything else you'd like to tell to our listeners and we have a mix of readers and aspiring writers that listen to the podcast well i'd say
1: uh, for writers uh, the best advice I have given to a number of folks who have talked to me offline and through email and the phone and so forth is it's going to, you've probably heard it before, but I can't overemphasize it enough. And that is just keep writing. You know, I wouldn't sit there and fret over sales day in and day out. Um, yeah, you need to learn the business side of it as much as you can. But more than anything, just continue writing and try to do it in a way where you don't feel pressure. Just kind of clear your mind and write as many as much as you can not to where your your brain numb of course but just keep keep writing and look at yourself you know kind of in 6 month chunks where was I 6 months ago where am I now where am I going to be in 6 months from now and just you know don't let others define your dream if you do have one uh, frankly for me I never actually called it a dream I kind of started down this path without putting a lot of expectations on myself and then I started setting goals When I've ever dreamed of something, I never really, I always thought I was one of those, maybe, you know, I dreamed of being in the NBA, right, or in the NFL. I had a goal of of some of these goals that I've started to hit, others I'm still trying to hit. But to me, if it's goal-oriented, it's something I can map out and eventually hit. For readers, you know, I owe my life to them. I owe my my livelihood to them. And um, the feedback I've gotten up to now has been tremendous. And I, I love having people read my work. I think that's why anybody who's a creative likes creating. Whether you're a visual artist or a, you know, a verbal artist or whatever, as long as you have people consume what you're creating, whatever you're creating, whether it be a book, TV show, movie, whatever, having people watch it, listen to it, uh, read it, it's really, and having that great feedback, I mean, it's, it's the best feeling in the world. So I appreciate all the readers out there who read my books. And for those who haven't, I, I hope you'll have a, an opportunity to try one of my books
0: all right great well said john thank you so much for again for uh, uh, agreeing to be on the show I, i really appreciate it
1: i appreciate the time alan thank you very much and i hope you feel better
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Meet the Thriller Author. I'd like to ask you to please review and rate this uh, podcast over on iTunes. It really helps me get the word out. If you take a few seconds of your time to uh, do that, it would be much appreciated. You can also visit my website at thrillingreads.com forward slash podcast for show notes on this episode, as well as information about the uh, podcast in general. And you can also sign up for my mailing list there. You'll be getting uh, special offers from our guests as well as information uh, behind the scenes information on the podcast and uh, please do visit my author website at alan i appreciate your support and so until next episode i will talk to you then